Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it. If you can, leave us a review. It really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out. Definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters. What's up, everybody? It's Mike here, episode 137 of the Life of a Fighter podcast. I'm excited about today's episode because we're going to kind of change the pace up a little bit. We're going to talk about dementia. I was at a conference this week uh, by Memory Care here in uh, close to Asheville, North Carolina, just outside Hendersonville. And it was at Blue Ridge Community College. So I thought it was a good opportunity while I was uh, on a lunch break. I kind of went out for a drive and wanted to get out that information that I had just learned. I found it helpful not only taking notes and doing all that, but when I talk about it right away, it just kind of helps solidify the information, create those connections and neurological uh, different pathways that we want to fire up. And yeah, I also find like getting it, and this is what I thought was interesting, is we already know that you know, hippocampus activation will help turn short-term into long-term memories. So just any kind of new movements helps with that. So just by learning new information, doing new activities, you automatically kind of help fire it up and create those. So I I just thought that was interesting. Um, So just by, yeah, going out for a drive in a new area, I thought that could be helpful to just try and get that going and and stimulate that little, um, little trick or that part of our brain. Anyways, starting to ramble here. Before we go into today's podcast, We're going to talk about some exciting announcements, sponsors, fun stuff like that. And if you guys have been following us on Instagram, you're going to notice about our first one, at the life of a fighter, by the way, is our Instagram, in case you don't know for whatever reason. The Stash app has been a really cool sponsor and exciting thing for me and just the company and hopefully for you guys because it allows you to invest as little as $5 and it allows you to invest in stocks regardless of how much the actual stock itself is. You can buy fractions of a stock. So uh, I'm assuming the way it works is they pull that money together with a bunch of different people and then you can buy and sell and trade. And it's, um, I think it's a dollar a month to be able to trade. And when you sign up with our link below, you get $5, we get $5. So I've been sharing the story, seeing the kind of growth, getting people to sign up, how our balance has been going up, some of the stocks I'm investing in, so on and so forth. Check it out, guys. I think you're really going to like it. Really, any company that we support here, something that not only I like, but I think that it's a really good fit for you guys, the audience. So I hope you appreciate and trust me on that. Also, you'll find in the link below, if you like the podcast and you want to support us and all that good stuff and get less ads... You can actually donate through the Cash App, give us a gift. You'll see we can invest in some stocks. You can even make recommendations too if you want to give me a gift and recommend where that stock goes. Let us know. I'd be interested to see what you have to say. If you like the show, uh, you can also sign up for our newsletter and get updates when new episodes are out, new exciting announcements, exclusives, all that fun stuff. And also, if you can share and if you haven't reviewed, review on iTunes or whatever you're using to listen to this episode, if you can give us a review on there, if you can share it on social media, give us a review on social media, Google, whatever it is that you use, all that help and support really goes a long way, helps us reach more people, really appreciate that. Um, 
we got a lot of exciting stuff, honestly, coming up for the end of quarter, for the end of 2018. Besides, again, I'm going to keep kind of shouting it out there because I'm really excited about it. Winning Lux Magazine's 2018 Most Innovative uh, Health and Fitness Brand. I was really excited to get that one. Um, regardless if it's popularity counts or however you want to look at it, the plan for, it, it doesn't matter. I, I don't even know if that's how it goes, but I was just excited to have that and have that title, especially with what we got coming up for the end of this year and for 2019 with our app and development in 2020. And so what you're going to notice, guys, is if you check out the website, we always have a bunch of great content up there. I'm biased, of course, but some of it's going to be private for our Fitness Nutrition Vault members and all the memberships above that, like our Pro Coach Premium memberships. Anyone that's really a client of ours or any kind of member has access to it, but the most basic form that we have is our $5 a month or $50 a year Fitness Nutrition Vault membership. And you get access to private content, like I was saying, like our fighter guides. A lot of our fighter guides aren't available to the public. Um, and if they are, what I'm deciding now is to have 500 to maybe 1,500 words out of the 2,500 to 5,000 word articles or other really good content and just have some of it available to the public. And the incentive um, is partially to get the Fitness Nutrition Vault so you get the full access or if you don't know if you're really going to like all that content, you just want that one piece of content and you're like, you know what, I don't want to have to pay that $5, which I don't know who wouldn't, but figured, you know, we're going to give you the benefit of that. I'm going to win you over with our awesome content. Let me prove it to you. Put your email in. We're going to send you full access so you can actually get the entire article. And then we'll send related content, things that we think you might find interesting and some other options for you that are going to be beneficial. So I'm really excited about that. Check it out. Without further ado, let's jump into today's pod. Oh, you know what? Before we even jump into today's podcast, I can't forget. I'm really excited, guys. Keep following us on Instagram because of this particularly. On Instagram, at GymAware, G-Y-M-A-W-A-R-E. Check them out on the list below in our show notes. I'm going to link over to them on Instagram. They sent us out some equipment. So basically, it's an accelerometer, a fancy accelerometer or Fancy way to just kind of have an accelerometer and the technology that goes with it, the ability to study how quickly the bar is moving in space. And that's what we're going to be tracking with some of our fighters over at Rogue Combat Club and talk about potentially sharing with some other fighters we have across the world. And we can see how quickly lifts are happening with the bar and then use that to program and advance and regress on our lifts to know if you know what my speed is, let's say half a meter per second. Um, in the right range, okay, let's stay with this number. If I'm actually slowing down to less than that, you know what, let's dial the weight back or let's dial the weight up so that we can challenge ourselves more or pull it back because it's overstimulating for what we're trying to go for. So I'm really excited to collect data on that, test it out, see different things. If you're in the Asheville area, hit us up. You can come down to Rogue Combat Club. We're going to be setting up a special event or a special special promotion for the end of the year that even non-members can um, get involved, but it's just going to be a different setup. Our fighters are obviously going to have a different programming and priority. So really excited about that. Now, without further ado, we're going to jump right into the podcast. Let's go. Yeah, fighters. Episode 137's topic is going to be dementia. And more specifically, I um, wanted to talk about caregivers for dementia uh, individuals and then also just the potential prolongation of dementia or potential prevention. That's a very, not taboo word, but a a very hesitantly used word. 
And the reason I'm talking about this on this particular episode is because some of you may know, some of you may not know, um, as part into moving to North Carolina and Asheville, I wanted to make sure that I was working in the hospital system along with running Life of a Fighter. Um, That's what I did in New York prior to leaving and going to Thailand. And I really enjoyed um, being able to be in the medical setting, especially during the middle of the day where I'm typically not going to be seeing clients and um, had some downtime. So I thought it was a great opportunity to not only um, be a caregiver and give back, but obviously make a career in another sense to it. And also just further my education, because one thing that's a huge benefit to me about being involved in a medical system, especially with a hospital like Mission Health, um, is the ability to learn on a daily basis and also have them um, help kind of take some of the burden of your tuition off your shoulders, whether it's a split or whether they do a reimbursement, whatever it is. Um, And since doing that, I've had a lot of really interesting opportunities and exciting opportunities to not only get involved in different um, groups and demographics, but also just learn more along the way. And one of those things um, that's exciting is going to conferences, which is what I am doing today. I'm at a dementia conference with Memory Care here in um, North Carolina, just outside of Asheville and Hendersonville with uh, Blue Ridge Community College. And I'm actually in the middle of the conference right now. We're on a little bit of a break. So I thought instead of just kind of sitting there, um, I was able to ask some questions to some of the medical professionals. And then I wanted to take some time to record. I thought it would be a really intriguing podcast. So that leads us here. And without further ado... Let's break down the fun. So originally, when I I thought about this, I wanted to go over um, preventative options or just prolongation of dementia, dementia dementia-like symptoms, whether it's some of the topics we talked about today, which is moderate cognitive impairment or um, full-blown dementia. And there's a lot of variety to that. Dementia is a symptom and it's a broad scope word. And then there's other... um, parts that fall under it, like Alzheimer's, like Parkinson's, and so on and so forth. So when you think of dementia, a lot of times people associate with one particular disease. It's actually a variety of um, diseases and conditions that fall under this category. Like an umbre- I, I call it an umbrella category of sense. Like, for example, you know, martial arts can be an umbrella term, and there's going to be different types of martial arts underneath it, like boxing, wrestling, karate, taekwondo, muay thai, whatever have you. They're all its own different styles. So equating it to this and dementia, dementia would be, or how they described it in the conference today, again, the symptom and then underneath that's going to be all the different conditions that fall underneath it, whether it's Alzheimer's, Parkinson's and so on and so forth. So one thing that I think is very exciting, not that anything really is exciting about dementia, but what's getting exciting is the notoriety behind it and the attention we're starting to pay to it and the funding it's getting and the understanding we're starting to get because of all the attention being paid to the brain, being paid to the conditions that are going along with it and what we're starting to understand and and starting to see in the research. And there's a lot of different things and really great term I like that I heard today and that I hear time and time again is that if you've met one person with Parkinson's or one person with dementia or one person with Alzheimer's, whatever the variation is, you've only met one person with that condition and with that category. Typically what you hear in this um, saying is if you've met one 
let's say you've met one fighter, you've met them all. Well, in this, it's truly the opposite and truly the statement of if you've met one person with Parkinson's, you've met one person with Parkinson's or again, whatever variety we're talking about because every case is going to be different, whether it's a combination of the hereditary factors, the genetics, the genetic expression, our epigenetics, lifestyle factors that are can contribute to both because what we're seeing and what the research is showing and what it sounds like from the, the professionals that we're speaking and what I constantly go to these events, what it sounds like they're saying is that we're starting to get an understanding and it starts to realize that it's no just one attribute that's um, contributing to it. It's a combination of them. So whether it's, you know, you have a hereditary disposition to a neurodegenerative disease, but then on top of that, you have lifestyle factors that aren't going to be conducive to a healthy lifestyle and actually are going to cause the expression of your genes that you're already predisposed to having, say, a, a neurodegenerative issue or disorder. Now, because of those unhealthy lifestyles or certain factors in your lifestyle, you're going to have it come out even faster or being expressed even stronger. Where one thing that they talked about that I thought was a really important word was your uh, cognitive reserves. So your ability to prolong... Um, the issues that are associated with dementia. And when we look at cognitive reserves, what it sounds like we're looking at and what they described it as at the event today and at our conference is the neurological signals and just the neural capacity of your brain. So whether it's at a young age, you have a higher neural capacity or neuro neurological uh, signaling or, or synapses or um, just more connections overall. And if you have more connections and then connections starting to die off, and it's not this simple either because it's also what parts of your brain are being affected, whether it's the frontal lobe, the occipital, temporal, temporal, temporal lobe. All these different aspects are going to have different outcomes and different impacts on the brain and what's happening. But again, we can look at some of these lifestyles of, let's say, high sugar intake or inflammation or high stress, cortisol levels, lack of sleep. This is where it, it shows a lot of uh, study being done and information being gained from all those factors. So we know if you're going to eat a certain way, that's going to have an impact on your body. And what we're starting to see is, and it sounds like, is that high sugar is really going to be an issue. And we heard this, and you may have heard this term, uh, diabetes type three. And that was actually brought up today in the conference at one of the talking points. And I thought that was really interesting that they brought that up because in my mind, that's what I was thinking, especially with books that I've read in the past, like Grain Brain or uh, The End to Alzheimer's or all these uh, different variations that discuss how potential nutrition habits could come to play. And they were saying that basically... Um, insulin resistance can happen, obviously, and that's part of diabetes. And what happens with that insulin resistance, a lack of delivery of our glucose being for being used for energy, especially in the brain. So if our brain is less efficient at using sugar as energy or implementing it and crossing it or, or getting to where it needs to go, then we're not going to be able to have our brain functioning as effectively or the rest of our body. So it doesn't get individually isolated just in the brain. It sounds like it's getting used throughout the entire body. It's not specific just to the brain. But with that being said, um, that was something that kind of got brought up too is the idea of ketones and the ketogenic diet and going into ketosis and the, the medical application of it and how, again, what it really sounded like and even the idea of CBD oils and coconut oils and, and all these different medium chain triglycerides were being brought up. And I thought that one of the individuals gave a great response and basically said, yeah, it could be great 
it depends on the individual. So that's where like I want to be very careful and, and passionate about what I'm saying here and, and make sure it's clear is that just because something works for one individual doesn't mean it's going to work for another. And that goes not just in the medical world or with dementia. That pretty much goes across the board with anything we're talking about specifically for our body. And that's why I think it's very carefully how you have to select your medical professionals or your fitness professionals or people that are guiding you just like anything else in the world. Anyone that's saying this is the standard, how it's going to work, and it applies like that to everybody should be very weary of that. So that's a big takeaway that I wanted to stress to everyone is that lifestyle factors are just as important as hereditary factors when we're talking about dementia. And the cognitive resolves and resources that you're going to have are going to be a big part of that. So what that means is let's say you're born with a certain amount of signals, neurological synapses that are firing in a certain number. As you age, that number is going to grow and peak at around 25 to 27 is what they're saying um, in one of the the lectures. So let's say it's 27. We peak at our capacity to have these synapses and, and signals happening. What we can do is just say, okay, well, I'm not just going to give up after 27 saying I'm just going to be deteriorating from there. What we can do is we can use exercise and new activities that can help fire up our hippocampus, which is a part of the brain that's responsible for memory and specifically taking short-term memories into experiences and making them long-term so that we can recall them. So by, and that's why I'm such a big fan of uh, martial arts and exercise as a therapeutic approach to a lot of different things. And again, this is not medical advice. This is just my own opinion from what I've seen in working with our other medical professionals and health professionals that you can use a lot of this to not only increase your quality of life in the short term and reach goals and have a mental um, uh, improvement as far as self-confidence, but also long-term for your health, long-term for your mental improvement, for your neuro uh, state, and for the benefit to your potential neurodegenerative. Jeez, neuro, I swear I can talk, guys. Neurodegenerative nature and potential predisposition that can be a huge factor as well. So that's kind of the bit I, I wanted to mention that I took away from the so far talks and conferences and what I thought would be beneficial for the actual um, people that may be facing dementia or dealing with it, but now also the caregivers. And this is what I thought was more interesting and where I really want to be able to lend a helping hand as well is, and, and also part of not just from the caregivers with those that are supporting individuals with dementia, but also preventative or potential preventative steps that we could take so we don't experience it ourselves because it can start at, at my age 31. It can start even younger. Um, one thing they discussed is potential head trauma that if you have, um, certain predisposition already uh heteri jeez i i'm not gonna get that so i'm gonna leave it alone um genetically and then you all of a sudden have head trauma or you're playing football or you're predisposed to some situations that are going to cause more head trauma that could be an issue and that's something that we're going to want to either have to look at to saying all right how can we mitigate um, some of that exposure or how can we just say what are some steps I can take in the acute range of it just happening to help prevent long-term damage um, and that's again a different scope for a different talk but that's just something I wanted to bring up is looking at you know head trauma related to long-term neurodegenerative disease and getting yourself tested to see if you've noticed in three generations back you've had um, some kind of issue with dementia dementia like um, symptoms or behaviors or anything like that, knowing what your predisposition is. And you can do tests on that, whether it's a PET scan, um, doing different uh, hormonal or neurotransmitter tests, 
and then realizing, okay, these are my risk factors. This is what I have to avoid. Or again, let's go back to the caregiver for a minute here. Let's say you don't even have any um, hereditary predisposition. That was the word I was trying to get before, by the way, guys, hereditary. Hereditary predisposition to a neurodegenerative disease does not mean that you are in the clear and that you're fine because if you drink Coca-Cola and you smoke and you're drinking alcohol and all these other things, you're going to set yourself up for failure or potential issues there. But then also, when you're caring for a loved one or you are a caregiver for someone that has uh, dementia, even myself. So one thing when we look at caregivers, it's not just a caregiver in the sense that it's a family member that you're looking out for, which is a caregiver, but it's also a professional caregiver. Someone like myself that's a rehab technician in a uh, PACE program, which is a program of all-inclusive care for the elderly. That's what PACE stands for. So if you guys ever hear me talk about that, that's what I'm talking about. And I work in the therapy department. So that means I see people on a daily basis that have dementia amongst other um, issues and health concerns and conditions. But I see it firsthand. And that's where I'm... in in a sense, a caregiver as well. So like my natural stress levels are going to go up. And what I thought was an interesting stat from the conference or or from one of the lectures today was that caregivers are three times more likely to have um, some kind of medical episode or issue and twice as likely to end up in the hospital or to have hospital visits. So we're not actually immune to anything that's going to be happening, whether we're talking about stress impact, because there's a lot of factors that come into why that could be the reason. And I'm not here going to, I'm not here to answer those reasons why, but it's just to mention that. So if you're someone that's caring for someone, uh, an elderly parent, uh, a loved one, or just a spouse or a child, it doesn't matter. They don't even have to be elderly. It could just be someone that you have to provide care for. And I see it as a new parent myself. And I know it's kind of different because there's not necessarily a medical condition there, but it's, you have to care for another human being. It's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of wear and tear. The, the stats I could see could dramatically increase, especially if you're not truly paying attention to it and making time for yourself. And what's interesting is that um, reimbursement and medical provision and supervision is not being offered through insurance companies as much as you think it would be or should be for caregivers. So it it goes kind of on our shoulders as the caregivers and the people around them to not only make a mental note, hey, I need to be aware of my loved one or the person I'm caring for, but also for myself. Otherwise, it's it's that same old uh, saying that if you can't take care of yourself or you can't love yourself or be there for yourself and you have your health, how are you going to care for another person? So making not that your your priority is going to come over the, the person you're caregiving for because at a certain point you need to sacrifice certain things and that's why you're in the position you're in. But also remembering that you need to take care of yourself, whether it's going for walks, which naturally we've seen lower cortisol levels. And cortisol can be another hormone that can play a factor in expression of certain things in epigenetics uh, and genetics for neurodegenerative diseases and issues, or whether it's our nutrition, we're paying attention. Like one of my biggest issues is diet soda. Like I just love it. I I think it's the chemicals that I've gotten so used to because I didn't want to drink regular soda that I just got so accustomed to it. I actually prefer it over regular soda. So I try and make that something that I'm seldomly intaking because of what we've seen in studies showing there's a relationship there to dementia and other neurodegenerative problems that are going to come off of it. So making sure that that's going to be a priority for me, making sure that I'm getting an exercise at least five days a week um, for me is a really important marker. And that doesn't have to even be, you know, hours at a time. It could be 20, 30 minutes, you know, every other day. And then every other day after that, I'm doing an hour, two hour, I get a full training session in. So my plan 
is to always make sure that I have those in set or those in place and I have them set. And then I'm looking up to those so that I can be the best quality caregiver I can be, whether it's for my daughter, for my wife, for the people that I work with, for the people that I work for, for our participants at Pace and for my own family even, because even though it's not just Lena and my wife, I have the rest of my family that I care about and that I want to be there for. So depending if it's on a daily basis or an weekly, monthly, whatever it is, I want to make sure I'm in a position to help them. Um, so yeah, that's that part of it, guys. And I was just really inspired by the, the part that I got up to so far in our conference and I wanted to just come out to the car. You might hear I'm going for a little drive right now on our lunch break um, and just share with you guys my thoughts, what I got from it, what I learned, what I hope to have you guys take away from it. Because as scary as a thing dementia can be, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, all the things that were relating to it, it can be something that we can not only plan for, but prolong. And then even with diagnosis, something that we can calculatedly live with and make sure that the loved ones that we're around, whether we're the one that's being diagnosed or we have loved ones that are being diagnosed, making sure that quality of life is going to be a big, important factor in the highest quality of life that we can possibly get. So that's my little spiel this week, guys. It went off on a topic that we don't typically touch on, but um, I thought it was an important one and I was excited from the conference. I'm going to go back in for some more in a little bit. And that's really it, guys. We'll check in next time on the Life of a Fighter podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free and that is it y'all. See you on the next one.